0: Let's take our hymn books now and turn to hymn 228. I love to tell the story, 228. I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory of jesus and his love i love to tell the story because i know tis true it satisfies my longings as nothing else can do i love to tell the story Will be my theme glory to tell the Odo old story of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story for those who know it best seem hungering and thirsting to hear the rest and when in scenes of glory I sing the new new song twill be the old old story that I have loved so long I love to tell the story twill be mighty Tell the Odo story of Jesus
1: and his love. Amen. Amen. Oh, all right. We have a, a, just a few visitors with us tonight, just a little bit. We got uh, Brother Mac that's here uh, again with us tonight, and they had a service today, and uh, he said they had three saved today, Amen. and that was a blessing. And so that was uh, fantastic, but let's welcome him. Thank you for coming by here. Amen. And if you were here this morning, you found out it's uh, it's an old friend of Brother Felton's. I guess they've known each other for 30-plus years. And so uh, he's got a great ministry to the nursing homes and and such, the elderly care, uh, and present the gospel and and video and and different things that they do. But I'm glad he's here. And then also uh, Tom. Uh, jr. is here tom bensinger jr. is here visiting with us and god bless you amen. let's welcome yeah. him thank you for being here Amen. Mrs. oh yes mrs helmick is back here mrs helmick god bless you thank it's so good to have you yeah. let's welcome her she's an old friend of a lot of folks around here amen thank you Ms. helmick for being here i'm gonna run through these announcements uh, pretty quickly uh... we've got I'm sure it'll it'll cause it to rain, but we've got laser tag tomorrow from 4 to 7. Uh, they've been having laser tag for about a month now. It's ah, it's indoor. They'll probably have a water leak or something. So, <laughs> But uh, it's it's so from 4 to 7. They're going to meet here at 4? Yes, sir. Meet here at 4, uh, and it's $11. 4 to 7 for the teenagers, $11 uh, laser tag. And so uh, then, all right. And then, uh, you know what? I, I'll just go ahead and announce it this way. Uh, if somebody is available, we have uh, Brother Mac is going to go to the Riverdale Nursing Home tomorrow, going to be there at 10 o'clock. The service will start at 10? Is that when you plan on starting? I'm sorry? One One, one. Are you talking about the one that's right around the corner? Yes. Yes, sir. I haven't been to visit them to it up yet. So. Okay. All right. That's one just around the corner of Riverdale's. Okay, well, all right. I had uh, then we'll work on that in a in a moment. This the Kids for Christ Club moves to Sunday nights, March eighteenth, and so, um, Brother Joe, I've been trying to remember to tell you this, so I need you to get me some volunteers organized. I need a bus driver, one bus driver per month, uh, and God bless you. Thank you. All right. Um, <laughs> But uh, as soon as you do that, uh, we need to make sure who's going to be driving next Sunday uh, for the Kids for Christ. Uh, to, and it's going to move to Sunday night, March 18th, from 6 to seven, ten 10 uh, p.m. And the uh, last night is this Wednesday night. For Wednesday night, is this Wednesday night. And on March 14th, and they are going to present their little play there. It's called A Broken Heart, a skit of, of friendship and forgiveness. And so they're going to be doing that on Wednesday night. And then... The following Sunday, we will begin our Sunday night uh, Kids for Christ instead of Wednesday night. It's going to allow us to do some other things on Wednesday night. And then um, this announcement uh, oh, yeah, just make sure this uh, a lot of work has been done, uh, work day yesterday, a lot of people, and I just want to thank you. Uh, for coming out and helping yesterday everybody that was able to to come out and help yesterday a lot of work got done we got you know we still got you know in a place like this is endless you know we got a lot more work still to do but we did get a lot done and got a couple more classrooms created because we were moving some things around Um, but please uh, as you did cleaned up worked really hard on both buildings but um, please be mindful of cleaning up after yourself so uh, you know we you know it just makes it a lot easier to keep things clean if everybody will clean up after themselves and And you know truth is if you if you happen to see a garbage can that's full uh, It will break my heart if you grab that and throw it out, you know, yep. that would be wonderful and so uh, But anything you could do to uh, Just and especially around the offices and stuff because we have people coming in and it would be it'd be a huge Help if you could do that uh, don't forget the, the roofing party that's Tuesday, 8.30 a.m. Uh, remove and replace the roof on the teen tabernacle. So any helpers will be appreciated. And he says, bring a flat shovel. Uh, so gotta get that roof cleared off of there and then put a new one on. And uh, Brother Rogers, did uh, uh, have we got our credit back on another thing? I, I hate to, you know, it was a blessing, but I want to make sure we got the blessing before I tell about the blessing. Uh, you know about the wood? Yes, sir. I don't have access to check the greater- Okay. Well, I'll just go ahead and say it anyway. The, we were supposed to get some flooring for the Teen, tab- teen Tabernacle, and uh, it didn't come in on time or like it was supposed to. And so Brother Rogers called him back, and the guy said, You know what? You should have already had that. That's our fault. Uh, we're just going to credit you back your money and give it to you free. <laughs> <Hey>, Amen. <ma'am? laughs> Amen. Uh, and so if they follow through with all of that, that'll pay for about a half-hour roof. Son't that a great thing. So that'll be great. Uh, membership directory uh, Joe Beth, you probably need to have, you know that picture we need for that, whatever you need to get that done with Brother Rogers tonight, because it's going to be the last night that he has that set up. And uh, membership directory, if you check it, if you hadn't had your picture taken, please get that done. If you need to change some information, this is the last day to do that. Uh, And then also, uh, don't forget. Coming up real quickly now, next Saturday is our annual chili supper, and that's on Saturday, March 17th at 4 p.m. There'll be a competition for the best soup and best chili, followed by a dessert auction. So please bring your super chili and enter in a dessert or two for the auction to raise money for the teens. That's next Saturday, and uh, we've got a lot coming up here of course we got the youth conference april 5th and 6th at at walls mississippi we've got uh missionary coming on april the 8th edgar Figali, and then uh, let's see april 15th another missionary patrick part of jim's and i can't ever say his name and i couldn't say it by the way it's spelled either so uh june 11th through 14th is VBS, and july the 9th through 13th is team camp And so a lot going on, Uh, and this is our last special announcement. Mary Hart Senior Saints Club, uh, hopefully you were here this morning, but if you're 60 years or older, you're invited to go on the next seniors activity on Monday, April the 30th. Uh, we'll meet at 10 a.m. here at the church and have you back by 2 p.m. And we're going to be riding on our new, not new, but our new shuttle bus uh, to go on it. And it's, uh, you know, heated, air-conditioned, whatever we happen to need. It's, and uh, it'll be a lot more comfortable for you to ride on. And uh, so that's, uh, we're calling it the Rojo Tour. Uh, that stands for Robert and Joe Beth. Uh, the Rojo Tour, historical tour of Memphis, and it's going to be led by these two world famous tour guides, uh, along with lunch at Gus's Fried Chicken downtown at the, on the riverfront. Now, apparently, some of the other people, from what I heard this morning, have apparently been to Gus's, and uh, and the way we read all about it, it's supposed to be really, really good. And so, uh, Gus's Fried Chicken downtown riverfront, and it costs us three dollars plus whatever you. Uh, you spend on the meal, and jo Beth, you said uh, when we're going, we're going in the morning. I guess gonna be there about eleven. So they the average plate is six to eight dollars. So sixty-eight dollars. No, uh, average plate is six to eight dollars, and uh, and that'll be a, that's really a good deal to get some good fried chicken. All right, let's have another song. If
0: they tell you anything about meeting Elvis, it is not true. <laughs> Let's take our hymn books and turn to hymn number 30, What Can Wash Away My Sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus, hymn 3 zero. Hey. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon this I see, nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing this my plea, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found. I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. I don't know a lot in life, but I know this is all my hope and peace. This is all my hope and peace, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow That makes me white as snow No other
1: fount I know Nothing but the blood of Jesus Amen. Uh, And I just want to tell you that JoBeth Beth did meet Elvis, okay? <laughs> she did. How old were you? Nine years old. Uh, She used to live behind his house, as a matter of fact. And she met him. And um, now, uh, I don't tell you who I met, because it's usually most people are talking about the fact they got to meet me. And so. (laughs) Right. Uh, No, actually, uh, the only star I ever met was Pete Rose. Um, Thank you, Josh. (laughs) And that story will never be told here, but I did meet him. All right. Uh, got to come down and actually uh, have a service, I guess. <laughs> so um, we're going to have our offering tonight. And um, whatever you can give will sure be a blessing and sure be a help. We've had uh, just a lot of expenses trying to get this teen tabernacle going. It's taken a lot, and so anything you can do uh, above what you normally do would be a big blessing. But uh, just being faithful to to your giving that's wonderful. Let's uh, let's pray, Father. I pray that you bless our offering, Lord. I thank you for the ability to give, the the fact that you've blessed us so wonderfully. In this land, in this this church, Lord, I pray that you'd just enable us to to continue to, to reach out and to make a difference in lives. Please, in Jesus' name, amen. Good job, y'all. Yeah. All right. All right, we're gonna be the wing ding in the church you ever say. Amen. <laughs> hey, and uh we didn't give you the title of that group. That's called the Backwoods Babes. <laughs> Not the Backwoods Babes, but the The Backwoods Babes. All right. All right, we're going to, as I said this morning, we're going to 2 Kings chapter 5, same place that uh, we were. This morning we're gonna uh, won't, we won't use this the whole time, but I'm gonna try again this this uh, this evening just to put up the passage of scripture. Uh, actually, tonight uh, this will only show verses one through fourteen, but I, I'll read one more verse at the conclusion of that. But it says uh, it says now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria. Uh, again, it's, it's very important that we recognize that he was the captain of the host of the king of Syria was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance into unto Syria. Uh, he was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And then it says, And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria for he would recover him of his leprosy and one went in and told his lord saying thus and thus said the maid that this that is of the land of Israel and the king of Syria said go to go and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel and he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six talents 6,000 pieces of gold and 10 charges, changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when the letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant, to thee that thou mayest recover him of this leprosy. Now, again, it's highlighted. He said, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant. And this is very important because uh, you know, later uh, we're going to deal with the fact, you know, we, as we did this morning, that he is a servant, and that servant's mentioned later. And so, uh, but it says in verse 7, And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God? To kill and to make alive that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy. Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And so again, uh, if you weren't here this morning, the the uh, king of Israel is saying uh, he's just trying to find something that he can get here, that he can use to uh, to create uh, this conflict between us because he's asking me to do something that's impossible. Uh, and, and as far as humanly, at that time period, at that point, it would be impossible to cure anyone of leprosy. And it, and it was so, that when Elisha, the man of God, had heard the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. And so uh, Elisha just says, calm down. You will know, just let him come to me, and, and, uh, and God can do what you can't do. And so it's really what it comes down to is verse 9. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. And, and we'll talk about that verse a little bit more later. And said, But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Uh, He's looking for something fantastic to happen. And and uh, he's looking, you know what he's looking for? He's looking to be slapped in the head. You know, he's looking to come up here and walk up here and we got a lot of things going on and bam, you know, and you'll be healed. But that's not the way God works. And so verse 12, it says, Are not Abana and uh, Farpar, rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. So he's, he's just totally angry about what has taken place here. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean? And then verse 14, And then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And then I'm going to read one more verse to you. It's verse 15. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him and said, Behold now, I know that, that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. And so uh, he is healed. He, under, he comes to realize this is the one and true. This is the one true God. Uh, we're not going to really deal with. It, but later, he's even going to load up a couple of camels or a couple of uh, mules. I, I you know I think I may have misspoke. I think it's mules. But, but uh, he loads them up with dirt. He loads them up with dirt to take back with him because he says, you know, I gotta. J- I, if I'm a worship, I gotta worship israeli dirt i've got you know this is the only god is he, this is where he's from so can i'm gonna bring him with me and so it's kind of an amazing kind of thing but we're just gonna have a word of prayer and we'll, we'll jump into this one tonight father i pray that you'd bless tonight lord jesus i ask you to give me a clear mind and lord i ask you to just strengthen me and and guide my mind guide my thoughts holy spirit of god i need your presence i need your power your direction i need your clarity in my heart my mind my thoughts and and, Lord, I, I ask you to, to empower me. I, I need your fresh oil. Every moment, uh, Lord, I don't want to speak. I want you to speak through me, and I want you to use me tonight. Please, I need you to do that. I, I just I can't do it myself, and I don't want to do it myself. I want you to work through me. And, Lord, I ask you to please protect us tonight as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's how Naaman prepared for this meeting. He's going to see Elisha, and he's uh, making this trip. And And the truth is, I, I, you know, they're, they're doing some pretty extreme things. And I went through it all this morning. I'm not going to go back through it. But just to lead up to this point, and now he's going to make an incredible journey uh, to go and, and honestly you know does he really believe he's going to be healed uh, i don't know but i think it's it's like this you know if you if you had terminal cancer and you heard there was some place you could get healed you'd probably try you'd probably just go try now you you may not know or may not really believe that you're going to be but but you're going to you're going to do everything you possibly can to do it So Naaman prepared for this meeting, though. He started out carrying gifts, about 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. That's a a whole lot he's going to go buy his his healing. He's going to go there. Naaman went with his horses and with his chariot and with an entourage. Uh, uh, This man is going with his wealth and power there. He also came with a letter from the king of Syria to the king of Israel telling him, not asking him, if you, if you look at the way it's worded, he's telling this king of, of Israel to, to heal Naaman, recover Naaman. He's just saying, you're going to do this, you know, he heal Naaman from his leprosy. Now, just to kind of, again, this is an overview, but the king of Israel says this basically, and this is kind of my version every once in a while, he just says, that man's nuts. He says he's crazy. He, he's telling me, he's sending a man to me to heal. Am I God? Is that man crazy? He said, or he's just trying to pick a fight with me because he, know I, he knows I can't do what he's commanding me and demanding me to do. But Elijah hears of all this, Elisha hears of all this, and said, he just comes and he says, it's okay, king, just send them to me. Send them to me, and he'll find out that there's a God. Amen. He'll find out there's a prophet of God. Amen. And so, so Naaman heads out to Elisha and arrives with his horses and his chariot and all his gold and all his silver and all his things. He heads out there. Uh, you know, Naaman honestly did not come to get to know the living God. He came to get healed. And, and folks, uh, you know, I'm going to jump way ahead of myself, but I, let me be honest with you. There's a whole lot of people that come to church. They're not coming to meet God. They're coming to get their problems solved. Their problem to get their life in a better shape. Their problem to get their situation eliminated. Uh, you see, so many come to church, come to Christ, not to have a relationship with Christ, but rather to receive the benefits that Christ offers. That's really what it comes down to, and that's why, uh, well, I'm just so far. Uh, we don't want Jesus, really. We just want to be healed of our addiction or our affliction that's why a lot you know a lot of people come they come and and I'm going to get to it I'll prove it to you in just a second but uh you know they so many come in the door and they don't really want God they want they want a better marriage you know they just they heard that you know, that you they, they they used to call us uh, and and uh for marriage counseling and and the truth is they didn't want anything really biblically to change in their life. They just wanted somehow, as, as my old preacher used to say, they wanted to somehow to, to spread this, this, this mystical, uh, magical spoofful dust on them, and they were going to walk out cured. That all of a sudden they were going to all be happy, and they were going to get along, and everything was going to be great. We don't want God's Word to change our lives. We just want our children to turn out right. That's what it really comes down to. That's what most Christian schools are. They're just a place where I can send my children so they'll be encased and protected and won't mess up until I can get them 18 and married. That's really what it comes down to. It's just, and so, look, I'm not saying that's us because we're wonderful and we're perfect. (laughs) But Naaman was not looking to enter into a lifelong relationship to this new God. He simply needed to be healed. Now, if I bring this into a little bit of perspective, it, it's what I'm talking about in our day and time. It's the Christian when God gets, when, when he, he comes to church without a job, God gets him a job, got, gets him a promotion, gets him a raise, then he really doesn't have time to come back to church anymore. And, folks, so many times we've seen this. Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, I'm in desperate need. Boy, I need God. I need God. I need God. And, and man, we work, we pray, we get them. We we learn principles, we learn truths. We, we we learn to walk with God. And boy, we go get the job, and we get the promotion, and we get the thing. And it's uh, hey, haven't seen you in a while, man. You, I'm really busy, and I got a lot going on, and I got you know I got to take care of everything. Wait a minute, you weren't taking care of things before. God is the one that's blessed you, folks. Did you know it's a real blessing? Is a real dangerous place to be. Right. It's amazing if you will just turn to God, He will bless you. But when people get blessed, that's when they turn away from God. So we got to be real careful. See, uh, it's it's like this: uh, God, please heal me, and once you do, I can take care of myself. Um, mend my relationship. And once I have my relationship, then let's see how much we really pray now. How are y'all doing? Don't look at me, mad. All right, I've se- okay. I've seen it so many times over the years where a couple comes. Listen, is needing marriage their marriage salvage? They learn some principles that help them get uh, them get along. Soon, soon as they. Uh, get everything kind of moving smooth, uh, they're hard to find a church because they don't need it anymore. Can I just tell you, they're going to need it again. And when they need it again, it's going to slam them this next time. Parents will come with children and they hear principles taught that that help their family to be stabilized, because their their children are chaos. Their kids might even in this in this learning principles and learning truths. Their kids might even make a decision or a commitment to Christ, or maybe some decision to serve God. And and it's at that moment parents start to push back. Let's don't get too let's don't get too extreme now. Let's don't carry this too far. You see, that's because we're not really seeking a really close relationship with God. Folks, can your children ever get too close to God? Can we ever get too close to God? What happens, folks, is is that we want them to be clean. We just don't want them to be committed. We want them to be problem-free, we just don't want them to be spirit-filled. Because spirit-filled, they might actually bring conviction into our home. You know what I mean? They might actually say, Mom, should we really be listening to that? Ouch. They might look and say, why are we watching this, Daddy? Oh, I love it when it gets quiet in here. Amen? Will some of the people out there in video land say amen real loud? Brother Vince just told me that he was upset at me because he was at home one day and and I didn't say hello to everybody in video land. Brother Vince, this is for you. Get to church! Okay. (laughs) Amen. Amen. He's back there hiding somewhere. Where did he go anyway? Uh, Now, in the Bible, horses and chariots are a symbol of power and authority, and this is how Naaman comes to Elisha. We either come humbly and walk with our heads down, humble before God, or we're going to walk out with our heads down, with God bringing conviction on our lives we either come in humbly and walk with our heads high confident in our God or we come in with our head high in pride and God will do what he has to do to humble us God needs us to come with a bowed head and a bended knee but often it's we come with a stiff neck and unbended knee No matter how powerful a man might be, he he does not have the power to forgive sin. So Naaman was powerful, but he does not have the power over this leprosy. He desired healing, but he, he didn't want it so badly, I guess, to humble himself. God has divinely orchestrated this whole thing, and I hope you stay with me on this. God has divinely orchestrated this whole thing up to this point. But Naaman has come now, and he's made this journey, he's come to do business with the God of Israel as most religious people do today, and he assumed that generous gifts would buy blessings and forgiveness. it would buy cleansing and prosperity, even physical healing. He took his silver and gold and expensive clothes and clothing to buy his healing the same way a moral or religious man proud of his morality approaches god today folks uh, that's what we're dealing with i've been dealing with so much is that and, and trying to talk to the young people and and even in our uh, you know soul winning meeting uh, we've got to understand people people are so convinced that somehow they are going to be good enough to get to heaven yeah. Somehow they and, and just over and over. This is what you you, you ask him, you talk to them, and they all say it. And They can be in a horrendous life, but they're gonna. They think maybe they might make it because they they've just started doing good. But listen, this Naaman, he knows he needs a miracle, but he comes in his way, in his power, in his authority, and he comes in his pride. Yeah. Naaman, of course, is a picture of the sinner. The leprosy pictures the sin. The leprosy begins, and you always think about that any illness really begins internally, and then it works its way out. And, and, and that's why so many people can look really good, and then all of a sudden explode. You know, you think, well, man, they're, they're doing great. They're really doing good, and, but they look outwardly well until finally it erupts outside. Uh, and so Elisha, to me, and a lot of people may not say this, but Elisha, to me, is, is kind of a picture of the soul winner. Uh, the, you know, because Elisha is going to give him the simple plan of salvation. He doesn't make it difficult. He just puts out this real simple plan. He did, uh, You know what? He did, It's like me going out and so with somebody, and and, and uh, especially somebody hadn't been that much, and and we might get there, and and I kind of uh, open the door, and then I'll say, you know what? You go ahead and talk to him, and. and, and that's what he does. He sends his servant out there to give the plan. He sends a servant out and says, go tell him to go wash seven times in the river Jordan. He said, it's really not a tough plan. This is not a difficult thing. So I think this is kind of God's simple plan of salvation, a picture of it at least. And then, number four, he's dipping in the River Jordan pictures, I believe, just an act of faith in God's word and God's promise. It wasn't the dipping in the water. It was the fact that he obeyed, that he said, I'm going to believe God. And then, number five, his initial refusal is a picture of much of the world that cannot believe that salvation can be that easy. Can't, they can't believe that it's a gift and not something that can't be earned or deserved. Uh, his humble acceptance of the truth is of course, a picture of salvation by faith for there's n- nothing uh, nothing will ever be healed in the river itself, but by faith in in obedience to the word of God is healed and so as my old pre- preacher used to say many who step out into the aisle for salvation got saved at their first step. You know, he would say, you know, there's a lot of people, he said, they've heard the gospel and and they finally say, I'm going to step out. And he said, I believe they really got saved the moment they stepped out, not when they got up here and got dealt with. He said, because it was the decision heart and I believed it all along. Uh, Naaman is not, is not just a picture of salvation. Now, all of that is, again, still foundational. We're just, this is such a picture. So much in this about Naaman, so much in this about his life. There's so much a picture of salvation. But now there's another picture, another illustration that I believe is in here. It's not just a picture of salvation, but an illustration of God's orchestrated plan. As we talked this morning, this is God's orchestrated plan. Naaman is being used by God. He is being used by God in a very special way. Naaman has the great privilege of being part of God's providential plan. Now, folks, listen to me. Uh, I believe every one of us is used by God in some way, in some form of God's providential plan. I believe we are. I believe at least God wants us to be. And just like Naaman will be used here, he says, uh, now, Here's the key, though, and this is what it's all about. Naaman is part of this providential plan, just like we talked about this morning, the little girl was. Naaman is also part of this plan. The little girl could have refused and gotten bitter and never talked to Naaman. But Naaman, now that he's part of this plan, he is at a point of acceptance or rejection. And so what I want us to look at, though, it almost all came to naught we got a little girl that's taken into captivity for god's plan this little girl tells the woman he's serving Naaman's wife about this plan and and uh, Naaman's wife tells her husband uh, her husband Naaman tells the king all of the same place Naaman travels over 700 miles to get to Elisha all this has taken place but now Naaman has almost is ready to bring it all to naught because of his pride. Yeah. All the logistics of God were put in place. It was all orchestrated, but one piece of the puzzle could destroy the picture. Anybody ever put a, a puzzle together and you get it completely together and you're missing a piece? And it's incredibly frustrating because it's incomplete. It's just not finished. It's just it, it just, and this is what's happened here. Naaman is this piece of the puzzle. It's not finished. It's all God's got it all laid out, and here Naaman, he's trying to mess up this entire plan. Now I say again, God's going to fulfill his plan because he's God. But you know, wouldn't it be nice to be used in it? Naaman's little servant girl had listen to this now. Naaman's little servant girl had submitted to much to a much harder task than God had asked of Naaman. You see, the little servant girl, as we talked about, had every reason to be bitter and angry and full of of vengeance. But yet she forgives and has compassion on Naaman. That's, that's incredible to ask of that little girl. Naaman, all that God's asking of him is, will you just do what this man says? But his pride, he's getting angry and he's refusing. They're saying, he, he travels all this way to find out how to be healed. He's told how to be healed and he gets angry and says, no, I'm not going to do it. That doesn't even make sense. The only answer is just sheer pride. Naaman refused the command, the plan, God's simple plan. Not listen, not because it was too hard, not because it would take too much time or effort, not because it would be painful or difficult or intense or confusing. Listen, simply because of Naaman's pride. He did he just did not want to bow himself down uh, to to bathing in a muddy little Jordan River. And and I believe also, listen to me, I believe with all my heart, I can't prove it, it doesn't really say it, but I believe with all my heart, this man with all his gold, all his silver, all of his power, he's looking and saying, okay, if I go into this muddy river and I bow bow down to that river and dip myself seven times and come up with leprosy, I'm going to look like a total fool to all my men. Just like some people come into church and hold the pew but won't come forward because. I'm going to look like a total fool. You've seen it out so one where you're, you're, you're there and somebody's just listening up a storm. And all of a sudden a couple of their buddies come up and get there and start looking at them. And they're like, oh man, I don't need this. You know what happened? Look, they wanted it. They wanted to be healed. But they couldn't stand the fact they might look like a fool in front of their friends. It must have infuriated the this conqueror Naaman that this Israelite would not even come out to speak to him but instead send a servant and then tell him to do something so menial and insignificant and just a little sidebar here that's what we are we're servants that are being sent out to a prideful world do you understand that when we go out and tell people about Christ just understand some are going to treat us this way Some of them want it and you, again, you go all the way through the plan of salvation and let somebody walk up right there when they're getting ready to pray and they shut you down. Well, let let Naaman be an encouragement to you because he's going to come around in a minute. Naaman will eventually humble himself and his life is spared His leprosy was healed, but also this providential plan would finally result in the capture and release of the Syrian army without a casualty on either side. This is an amazing plan of God. And why he he chose at this time, I mean years later they're going to come back in, not just these roving bands are going to you know they're going to stop going in these bands like Naaman led in there to capture people and and, to, and, and steal and whatever uh, they, they're going to stop the scripture tells us told us this morning they're going to stop going in there years later we don't know really how many more years later uh, the whole army Syrian army is going to go back go back in there and, and try to prove that they're stronger than god but they're going to find out again they're not but the lives of all both syrians and israelites at this point are spared yes it started with a little girl but with a man that finally humbled himself each of our lives affects so many others that we do not realize do you understand that that the decision folks the decision you're you're battling with right now some decision in your life, that decision is a juncture that if you, if you uh, go against God's will at this point, God's plan at this point, you, again, God may have to circle and, and use somebody else to come around, but, but it's kind of like uh, uh, Jonah. He finally got right and got to where he was supposed to be, but three days late. And if you've probably, if you've been around long enough, you've heard somebody preach a message about that. But how many people died in those three days? And God can make it happen, but but God could use you. And watch this, when he uses you, you also get an incredible benefit. Since Naaman finally came around, look. each of us has a providential past orchestrated for us. In May, let's... If I can make this parallel, it may begin by an illness, by hurt, by pain, by suffering, just as Naaman's began with leprosy. Do you understand? Really, in God's divine plan, none of this would happen. We even go back before the little girl, Naaman has leprosy. God let him have leprosy. And why? Because all this is going to work out because he has leprosy. And can I tell you, God may be working a plan in your life, and it might be using illness to do it. Right now, my my one of my daughters, I go down through them. I could just pick out any one of them, but I think of Candace, and 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 they just had their fourth child. But they, but they're. Fourth child that has the same disease that the first one has, so so she was already spending probably two two and a half hours a day trying to bathe little Kenny because his skin it has to be bathed and has to be the skin has to be sloughed off every day of his whole body, and now little Claire has that same disease and and so it's who knows how many hours a, every day of her life that she spends working with that and every day uh, look at but I, but I look at it and I think how god, how are you going to use little Kenny, way down the road down there, what are you really orchestrating right now? What kind of thing are you doing? What are you doing in their lives right now? It may be a horrible, destructive illness that'll take a life, just like this leprosy was, but God still had a plan in it all. It may begin with a journey uh, by faith, seeking the truth that will set you free. You know, you know it may be that, that you have to walk a long time in this illness. It may be that you have to go through a long battle. Uh, you know, I, I went through a, a battle that, that it was the only best term I had. It was like a mono, but the, the mono that was would last 10 years. And when they told me I could just shut everything down, quit everything, don't do anything, and just basically sleep, rest, get exercise, and and, and, and and sunshine for about six months, and I might come out of it. Otherwise, I was going to be 10 years with this battle. Well, I was 10 years with a mono-like symptom for 10 solid years. You know, that's a long time to walk. It's a long time to just collapse at times. It's a long time. One year, I, I passed out 20 different times in one year. we are just be speaking like this and just drop. Hey, you know what? Hey, it was a rough, rough, long road, but maybe God's going to let you journey just like Naaman had to journey over 700 miles with leprosy to try to get to Elijah. You may need to walk in pain for a while, but God has a plan in your life. You know, so many people quit before they get to the blessing, get to the plan. You know, God has a plan for the life. And, and folks, uh, if, there, if there's a blessing uh, uh, around, well, I'm trying to, best one, you can all see it up here. If there's a blessing around that corner, do you know that I can't see it until I, people say, how long I can keep going to the blessing? You got to keep going until the blessing. Because a, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. So what is that? You keep going until the blessing. Now the blessing might be heaven. I don't know, but I know this. I can keep saying, Oh no, it'll never work. God'll oh, never be here. It's getting so long, getting so tired. Oh, it's not, it's never gonna work. Oh, and then it's What ah! there it is. Good I'd love, I would have blown you out there. You know, you don't know until you get there. And God lets us go through some things sometimes. He just, and I don't know exactly why, but I know that he does. Uh, number five, God may test you before the victory to see if you have come for your benefit or for his glory. And man, I almost ripped my ear off when I ripped that thing off. Um, it's going to be for... He really wants... God wants to know if it's for your benefit or for his glory. You see... That's why I believe with all my heart. That's why Elisha sent out his servant. Because of, Naaman had come in his glory. You know, I mean, I'm already rich and powerful. And now if I can get healed, I'm, I'm going to be even richer and more powerful. I got everything. And I'm going to come and I'm going to buy it. And, and it's going to be just like I. Notice the way he said, you didn't do what I thought you should do. You're supposed to you're supposed to heal me the way I want you to heal me. Don't get to that point, folks. Humble Just let God do it. Amen. Ultimately, God wants us to humble ourselves to Him and His plan, and He will sometimes listen, in Naaman's life it used His servants. Now I think these servants were really pretty close friends. They were the people that He worked with, people that He fought with, people that He did all this. But Uh, You know, God may humble us and use people, a friend, a companion, a co-worker, a loved one, somebody that gets you to just reason. You know, don't, don't get upset when somebody looks at you and says, you know what, I don't think you're thinking clearly on this. Don't get angry about that. Don't get bothered by it. Let, let them go ahead and, and just, you know, what they're trying to do. Boy, if Naaman hadn't listened to his co-laborers here, he had been in a heap of trouble. But they came and said, Naaman, hey, look, if, he ta- if he'd asked you to do something really big and, and, and incredibly hard, you, you would have thought, you know, oh, yeah, I'll do that. But now he's just asking you to do something real simple. Why don't you just go do it? And, you know, to his credit, Naaman finally said, okay, I've been stupid. Let's go. I mean, how much time is it going to take? How much you know, energy is it going to take to go get in the water and climb back out? Are you okay? I feel like I've you know, got you strung out here and I'm not making sense to you because you're looking at me like it's not making sense. Okay, you're waving? You're in agreement that it's not making sense. Okay, then. Now, Naaman is healed, and I'm almost done, but the reality is this almost didn't happen. It happened, but it did happen. But listen, it didn't happen. All this is taking place. Here's what we've got to understand. It didn't happen so Naaman could be healed. And that's what we've got to understand. And this is where we lose sight of everything. All this took place for God's plan. And the plan, the ultimate goal was not for Naaman to be healed. It wasn't for him to be, okay, now Naaman, let me help you. Naaman doesn't have leprosy now either way. It happened so that the will of God could be accomplished. And Naaman, listen, this was all about the will of God. But Naaman got to reap the benefit that comes with submitting to the will of God. Naaman was just an instrument that God said, if you will let me, I'll use you and I'll bless you. But it's not about you. All right, my conclusion, and I'm done. Sadly, it's not a real encouraging conclusion. And I got this thing all out of whack when I yanked it out of my back. But I I want you to, if you will, if you take take your Bibles, look at Luke chapter 4, verse 25. Luke chapter 4, verse 25. I'm going to give you plenty of time to get there. Luke chapter 4, verse 25. It says, but I, everybody there? Say there, say amen if you're there. Okay, Luke chapter 4, verse 25 says, but I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias. Now, that's not Elisha, that's Elijah. When the heaven was shut up three years and six months. When great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarebta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elias. That's Elisha, the prophet. And none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman, the Syrian. This whole story we just talked about. You see, here's kind of the conclusion. I'm, God has incredible things for us. Everybody in here, God's got a journey for you. He's got it all planned out. He's ordered our steps. He's directed our steps. But those steps are not just so that we can come and have this wonderful life all planned out by God and, and worked by God. It's not that. It's so that God's will will be done. And he says, as I plan these steps out for you, I'm giving you an opportunity to participate in my will. I'm giving you an opportunity to get involved. I'm giving you an opportunity, uh, watch this, not only to get involved and to make a difference, but to be blessed. If you'll just walk my steps, if you'll just obey me. But here's what's so sad. All of us have steps that God has ordered but." Here's what this scripture really teaches. But most will not submit to the plan. Most will not humble themselves, will not bow the knee and bow the the knee to the will of God, to the divine plan of God. It says there were many widows, but there was just one who would use her last morsel of food for Elijah. That's what that verse is saying. He's saying there's all kinds of widows there, but he said just this one. You know what he's saying? What God's telling us, and if you read through the context, he's saying most people, when it comes, push comes to shove, they don't want God's will, they don't want God's plan, they don't want God's providential journey, they want the food right now. I want my food right. Are, are you crazy? You think I'm going to bake my last bit of morsels, my last bit of food and give it to you when I got a child that's dying beside me? I'm going to at least feed them the last bite. It's the same thing with Naaman. Listen, most people would not do what Naaman finally did. and Look, it took him a while. He had to be slapped around a while. I think having leprosy made him brought down for a I'm going to be as honest and open as I possibly can. Uh, God had to take me through illness. He had to take me through 10 years of illness because my whole life, every obstacle ever, I ever confronted, I could defeat it physically. I could fight through it. I could make it through it. And one of the reasons I crashed and it took me 10 years is because when I first got sick, you asked my wife, I was going to beat it you know what I found? The harder I went, the further down I went. You see, most of us don't submit. And that's what he's saying. This is actually a praise of Naaman, even though it took him a long time, and he had to be broken down. What is God saying is, but he finally bowed the knee. He finally bowed the knee and said, God, where do you want to take me? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? When he said that, God not only blessed him, but as we see through Scripture, and I told you this morning, he blessed a whole nation. But it wasn't just Israel, even his own people didn't get this. Hey, you know that Naaman didn't lose his life? Do you understand? When they got captured, blinded and captured by Elisha and his servant, Naaman was probably one of those. And he lived. And it all because... They allowed the pieces, a little girl allowed the piece of the puzzle to be put in place and, and responded the way she should. Naaman struggled and struggled and struggled, but then he finally said, I submit. And he allowed the pieces of the puzzle, and God said, well, i got a journey going on here. And the truth is, it didn't even stop there in the verses that we read. It hasn't stopped yet. The plan and the influence, how we don't know, but the plan and the influence has gone on and on. God has such a plan for you, for me. The question is, will we bow our heads and bow the knee to whatever his plan is? Lord, do whatever you're going to do. Do whatever you're going to do in our lives. Direct me the direction you, show me. I I pray this so much, and this is what I'm going to challenge you tonight, just to pray. God, show me. And everything in me, just show me what you want me to do. Just direct me. And Father, I'll do everything in my, in, in, in me, I promise. I yield. Just don't let me mess up, I'll tell them all the time you don't want me going through that door, shut it tight don't 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 let me go through it. don't let me push through it, but you want me going through that door, the Lord open it, and I'm walking through it with you i again i don't I don't know how this might touch you or affect you, maybe it doesn't at all but but I believe each of us. Daily, we have to really recheck ourselves, and say which Naaman am I, and I'm the one that's bristling right now. And saying, "No, no, God, you're not doing this the way I want it to be done," because that's what Naaman said. Right. You didn't. He, he didn't even come out here and 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 touch me and do this and call. No, we either. Or telling God how to do it, or we submit and let God tell us how it's done. Father, I pray you bless. I hope this might be a help or blessing to someone. Lord, I pray that you might just direct us, touch our lives. Lord, that we be yielded to you. Father, there's so much. Here for us, I believe, a little girl that just humbled herself to you, who had a spirit of forgiveness, a spirit of compassion, to see a man healed. And then that man, Lord, that he had all he had known was power and strength, and you brought him to a point of submission to find out his... He couldn't buy it. He couldn't pay for it. It had to be a gift. Lord, I pray that you would guide us that way. And then, Lord, if we would just yield to your divine plan for our lives, even though we don't know fully what it is, just like they didn't know how everything was going to take place, they just yielded to what you showed them at that moment, what you directed in their heart at that time. Please bless us here tonight, I beg you in Jesus' name. Let's all stand. She plays tonight. I'm not sure what God may have spoken to your heart about, but let's just take some time. I know the victory comes when you just say, Lord, I don't have all the answers, but I'll bow my knee. I'll submit to you, Lord, and you don't have to do it the way I plan it because I don't know what I'm doing. I trust your plan. Trust your direction. Well, thank you again for your faithfulness to, to come out, and I'm always amazed when anybody show up to listen to me, but, but, uh, but then again, it is worth it. <laughs> come on, amen, somebody. Thank you, Brother Kenzie. God bless you. You didn't mean that. Um, love you. There's something I was going to say to you before I let you go, but I can't remember what it is, so I guess I'll let you go. But God bless you, Brother Allen. He's going to close us in prayer. And let's pray. And Lord, again, you've given us a great day. Lord, thank you for that. Lord,
0: thank you for giving us the health you've given us. Lord, thank you for that. Lord, we ask you to bless those that are traveling, those that are not well. Lord, bring them back to us. And these things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.